Two new electric ferries will soon be up and running in Auckland, New Zealand, designed and engineered by EV Maritime. With a launch date of 2024, the goal of the electric ferries is to provide a ferry service that is zero emissions, clean, quiet, reliable, and substantially cheaper to operate. For insights into this project, today I'm talking with Michael Eglin, co-founder and chief executive of EV Maritime. Hello, Michael. Yeah. Hi, how are you going? Good, thank nice you. Nice Yeah. Good to finally catch up with, um, I've been following everything in the, in the media and you seem to be doing quite active. We, uh, yes, we are pretty, been pretty active here in New Zealand and across the ditch and in, uh, in Australia as well, and, and increasingly over in the States and Canada. But um, yeah, it's, it's all going in our, in our little world. Maybe you could just start with an overview of, of um, EV Maritime, just to give a bit of an idea sure, of what we're yeah. actually doing. Yeah, we, we're a design technology and engineering company um, based in Auckland, um, developing uh, solutions to decarbonize, well, we say decarbonize the harbour cities of the world um, for us. That's primarily about ferries, or it starts with ferries. Uh, and so we, probably around about 2018, started developing an electric fast ferry, um, picking up really on the um, the electrification trends going on, sort of driven mostly out of Scandinavia in the sort of big, heavy car, heavy car ferries and going, gosh, I wonder if we could make that work for fast ferries. And um, one thing led to another, and we invested a whole lot of time and money in, in developing a boat. And uh, now we've got two of them in build for Auckland Transport. So um, it's uh, it's been quite a journey. But um, yeah, so design, technology, system integration, um, ferry system design, um, all around how to decarbonize ferries in our cities. Yep. And what, can you just do a few details about the actual ferries that are going to be in Auckland for a start? Sure. Yeah. Well, we're doing the first two electric ferries for Auckland, which is really exciting. Um, they're 24 meters long. It's about 80 feet. Catamarans. It means they've got two hulls, um, which is which is kind of the general format of most of the ferries in Auckland now. Um, they carry 200 passengers. Uh, they're made of carbon fiber, so this is all about uh, maximizing their efficiency. Is about reducing their weight and and using hull shapes which are um, slippery, if you like. Um, and uh, and they're battery electric, so they've got about uh, 1.2 megawatt hours of batteries on board, split between two sides, two um, battery rooms, one in each hull. Um, they're running Hamilton jet propulsion with uh, permanent magnet electric motors, uh, so two jets per hull, four jets total, um, and a whole raft, of course, of power electronics and then PLC-driven switchboards and so on to run an efficient um, and uh, and reliable boat. So, yeah, that's hence what they are. How does that take to build? Uh, well, these first ones involve building a whole lot of tooling as well as the construction of the vessels. So these first ones, uh, the contracts were signed in the end of March 2022, right when we were all in the midst of trying to work out how to get product around the world because of COVID and so on. So there was a bit of material delay. So those will be just over two years to build these two boats, two and a half, I guess, to, to for finish. But going forward, probably about a year and a half to build a boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you can build multiple at once, of course, and overlap the build process. Oh, yeah. And how do they, um, just on the water, what's the performance compared okay. to the, the current ferries? So they can do the same speed as the current ferries. So they they do 25 knots, which for uh, for people who aren't involved in boats, it's about 50 kilometers an hour, which doesn't sound like a lot, but there's a very large amount of energy involved in making a boat go that fast. Um, 
And if you look in Auckland, the ferry journey is typically around about half the distance of what it would be by road. So although you're not going as fast, you're going half as far. So it still produces um, uh, public transport journeys, which are around about the same time or quicker than what it would be driving by road. And of course, you don't have to pay for parking at the other end. So it's pretty attractive. Hmm. What about the wake? Is, there, is it better? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's um, Quite a lot of work's gone into reducing wake on ferries over the last few decades. Yeah. Um, so they're not too bad now. Um, and the biggest thing you can do to reduce wake is reduce the weight of the boats. Yeah. And there's a limit to how much you can reduce that on electric boats. Yeah. Um, but the other thing you can do is you can optimize the hull shape. And there's a lot of, one of the nice things, well, one of the, I guess, because we've got, there's a real incentive to optimize the hull shape to reduce resistance anyway, in order to make mm-hmm. a, a good electric boat that needs to be efficient. And wave making, of course, all of that, all of that wake is made out of energy. So if you can make less wash, you can use less energy. So, so yes, that wake minimization is a really large part of making an efficient boat and a really big part of the um, hull shape optimization that we've gone through. And that's really also partly enabled by using composite materials, which enables um, the hull shapes to be more complex uh, than they would be able to be if they were aluminium. Yeah. Mm. And just thought still on the but what's the difference between if you're the, uh, we'll say the captain, what are you going to experience difference? Well, to start with, it's quiet. Yeah. Really quiet. So that's the biggest thing. Um, I mean, the boats have got, the boats overall are will end up being around about the same weight that they are now. Um, same kind of passenger capacity, same kind of length. So they'll behave much like the existing boats from a from a sea kindliness and seaworthiness perspective. Um, uh, they will have about the same amount of power. Um, because they've got electric motors, they've got a bit more torque uh, up front. Um, that doesn't really translate into um, blistering acceleration the way it does in a in a car, um, but because you you um, I guess the analogy is with a car, you know, if you've got too much power, too much torque, you you spin your wheels. Yeah. It's a little bit the same with um, with boats, but you know they'll be a little bit snappier in that sense, um, but much quieter and and much more much more intelligent. So there's a lot more data, a lot more information, um, a lot more connectivity. So the boats will be uh, connected in real time to the shore. There's a lot of information uh, being beamed back to shore about the status of all of the systems and, and, and a lot of information coming back to the captain about not only where you are and how fast you're going, but things like, um, you know, how much battery will, should you have left when you arrive? A little bit like Google Maps. You know, Google Maps says, oh, you, you, know, you, you, you should arrive at, at 6.22 in the evening. Um, this will say, um, you know, based on the, on the route model, when you arrive, you'll probably have around about, you know, 62% battery, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's just on the, how do you actually charge the battery? How's it, how's that? Work? Yeah, a really, really big charger. <laughs> um, so, so for people who are into that, um, these are pretty exciting. Yeah, pretty much. So we're using the new MCS standard. So megawatt charging standard, which is just in the throes of being rolled out by Charon at the moment internationally. They can do um, really high current. So we're talking two plugs, um, and in our case, taking a megawatt per plug. So, um, yeah, it's pretty big gear, two megawatt charging. Um, it's kind of around 10 times the of the speed of a, of a decent fast charger. Um, so, yeah, it's quite big gear. Yeah. So it's a big project in itself rolling that out. Yeah. 
minutes. If you do a trip and then do a bit of charge and then back some bit of bit of charge, or is it? Yeah, like... you do, you do, because but one of the things with ferries, of course, is they come and go from the same docks and they, um, and they stop and they charge. Sorry, they, they sorry they when they stop they 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 stop for a period of time alongside um, while they're loading and unloading passengers, and so that's time that you can use recharging. And if you can just capture those little periods of time, they might only be four or five minutes each time. Um, then that's sometimes that's even enough to keep up with the schedule through the day or it buys you enough time to um, to take a longer charge when the schedule allows. So uh, those those charging periods are really, even though they come, they might seem really short, four or five minutes, um, they're really valuable for enabling you to maintain a full electric service all through the day. Oh, yeah. And what are the batteries made out of? Zero. So these are lithium ion batteries, so it's NMC chemistry. Um, so very focused on uh, weight efficiency and uh, weight more than volumetric, but you know, it's sort of um, mass density and mass energy density is really important to us. So, so we're talking around about 12 tons of batteries in each boat. Um, and uh, yeah, that's quite a lot on a boat that's only you know, 75 tons when it's full of people. That, yeah. that, that 10 or 12 tons is a significant portion of the total weight. Yeah, yeah. And is it Auckland Transport actually going to be the owners? Aren't they? Yes, they are. And that's, yeah. that's unusual too. And that's a transition that's happening in the Auckland Ferry Service at the moment. Traditionally, the vessels have been owned by the operators and then operated under contract to AT. And AT is in a process at the moment of um, transitioning that model towards a new model where they will own the assets and then um, contract, they'll lease them to the operators to, to deliver the services. Oh, yeah. How many other ferries are there then? Yeah, There's about, the about 30 ferries in the Auckland fleet at the moment. Um, and um, so, yeah, AT owns, I think, about five of them at the moment um, of just existing diesel boats. Um, and then they'll have, uh, you know, gradually build that fleet up over time until they, I guess, own all of them. Oh, yeah. I guess. So they um, could be going out to Waiheke, sort of? Yeah. Um, well, at the moment, Auckland Transport's focus is on the on the, if you like, the mainland routes. Um, Waiheke is still run uh, privately by Fullers. Um, and um, uh, there's, that's not um, that's not part of this picture. This is about yeah. the, those kind of core, um, if you like, commuter services. Of course, the, the Waiheke Ferry is also a really important piece of the Auckland Ferry Network and a yeah. very large emitter and a great opportunity for electrification as well. But that's not... I guess what this first stage is about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're just looking at what else you've been doing around in other countries. Because I read you'd just you'd been in Australia, talking. Yes, yeah, lots of talking in Australia. <laughs> uh, we um, we've been. Um, I guess we've put a lot of time and effort into Sydney, uh, helping to paint a picture of what the um, electrification pathway might look like for Sydney's ferries. Sydney's got a, a very, very well-respected and, and world-famous ferry service, which delivers a, a great um, a great commuter service to Sydney-siders, but um, it's pretty high emissions. They all run on diesel. Um, and it's fair to say they're a fair way behind Auckland Transport at this point in, in their thinking about um, decarbonisation. They've just ordered seven new diesel ferries for the Parramatta River, which... Um, we were promoting that procurement as an opportunity to step into electrification. Um, if not that, then uh, then we're not sure what the next opportunity is. But but certainly we're we're working hard to shine a light on the opportunity for electrification because 
the whole of that ferry service could be electrified with current technology now. Um, and when it can be, it should be because the emissions from ferries are really high. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, we're still doing the numbers on the Sydney service, but you know, certainly on the Auckland ferry service, um, you know, there's 13 million litres of diesel being burned in the Auckland ferry fleet every year. Um, you know, there's only 30 boats and there's around about 1,400 bustles and yet the, the boats produce, they consume about half the diesel of the whole bus fleet. So it's a, it's a pretty significant um, uh, piece of the emissions pie. Um, and, you know, I think in Auckland, uh, ferries represent about three times their fair share of emissions uh, in, in terms of the, the share of, of services delivered versus their share of emissions. Yeah, they're, they're about 20% of Auckland's public transport emissions come from ferries when only about 6% of the journeys are delivered by ferries. So it's yeah, a pretty big problem. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Is it a bit of a hard sell? So literally, basically sort of cars are now sort of everyone sort of jumping on the bandwagon, a bit of getting electric cars for their fleets and everything is... Boats a little bit further behind? Yeah, boats are a little bit further behind. I guess it's been easy with cars. Well, has it? No, gosh, that's, that's unkind. Um, the, the guys that are pushing uh, electrification for cars have worked very, very hard to get yeah. where they are now, and, and that wasn't easy either. Um, with cars, I guess you have more standardization, and so people can go out and buy an electric car, and they see... Um, yeah, they know what that car's going to do. That it doesn't feel like a big risk. And at the moment, with ferries, with boats, um, generally everything is custom, and and so everything is kind of like you're inventing it from scratch off a off a blank sheet of paper. Uh, and and that's um, that feels like an awfully high risk way of approaching a project when you're on the customer end. Um, and that's one of the things that EV Maritime is very focused on addressing in the way we have built our business. So we we actually offer platform standardization. So we're working, for example, with a shipyard in Brisbane at the moment who um, has come to us and said, we really want to look at electrifying the um, the rivers, the, the, the city cat ferries on the Brisbane River. And and so we've said, well, okay, well, we've got a platform that's perfect for that. Um, we've done the analysis. It works really well. It can go along the river. It can do the speed. It can meet the criteria. Um how about you work with that platform, design for yourselves what you want it to be like in terms of the look and feel and how the seats are laid out and where the windows are and all that stuff, um, but build that on 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 the platform that's already been validated in New Zealand and which by this time next year will be proven in New Zealand. So it gives a much lower cost pathway into electrification, but also a much higher confidence pathway because um, you can buy into something which is proven and you can make your own adaptations. And it, I guess it's a little bit like the people who build camper vans using a, a truck chassis. You know, you've, right. you've, you've got an underlying um, platform that you're working with. You don't have to completely reinvent the whole wheel. You can just take that flatbed truck chassis and, and put your caravan on the back of it and turn it into a camper van. And and, um, and that model works quite well. So that's, 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 I guess, sort of an analogy of what we're doing there. Um, and, and that... That's certainly helping the um, adoption of electrification. Um, but I think that it's not only, I think with the cars, most of the challenge has been around getting comfortable with the vehicle. Um, with the buses, you are seeing that transition across to being where the, the difficulty in adoption is more coming from 
um, the infrastructure. People can see the bus, they can see it can do the job. They're worried about how much damage it does to the roads because it's heavy. And they're worried about um, how they get that much power to the, to the bus terminal. Um, and we're a little bit the same with the boats. The boats, we're not worried about uh, wearing out the roads, of course, but we're, we're, we've got an even bigger challenge getting the power to the docks. And so uh, I was saying to somebody this morning that the boats are technically quite challenging, but politically quite straightforward. Whereas the charging infrastructure is technically really quite straightforward, but um, politically quite challenging because there's a lot of parties involved. Um, and there's, you know, you've got to, you've got to convince the power company to provide enough power to you at the place where you need it. You've got to get all the consents you need. You've got to get all the various parties with an interest in the way the land is used to, to all align and, and, um, converge around a, a, a common solution. And you need to do that in a reasonably short period of time so we can meet our decarbonization goals. So yeah, the technical problems, the technical aspects of delivering that charging infrastructure are, um, are quite trivial compared to those, uh, those political and commercial ones. Yeah. Cause government's sort of supporting it, isn't it? The, the funding that each... absolutely look, central government's been, um, a huge supporter of this project. Um, we were very fortunate to, um, have, uh, central government support through the shovel ready infrastructure program around COVID time. Um, and ultimately $27 million of central government funding was uh, awarded through ECA, the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Authority, under the under you know, through funding basically from Crown Infrastructure Partners, um, which has uh, was awarded to Auckland Transport to enable them to to go down this path. So that's um, you know that's that's a very um, it's a very important part of this project. Um, you know, and, and we see that around the world, the places which are able to get on with these things are those where there is some central government um, funding to catalyze action and the places where they're struggling to get things off the ground is is where the agencies or, or even worse just private operators themselves are, are kind of left to to drive it through um through just private sector investment because the the payback periods are there the 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 um there is a return that, that yes they're more expensive to buy but they're cheaper to operate and it and it does stack up but it's not a get rich quick scheme and it, yeah. it doesn't with all of the difficulties of, of of doing it it's not yet at the point where businesses are going to do it just to um just to directly provide a, a great roi to their shareholders it's, it's there's got to be more to it than that so that, that government funding that comes is um that's come to our project and 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 uh, some other projects around New Zealand and around the world is is really really important to to those things actually getting off the ground. Mm. So, say in ten years, do you think it's going to be a, a much bigger uptake? A lot more electric boats floating around the world. Oh yeah, 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 totally. I mean, within New Zealand, I mean, I think if you look at the um, the transport emissions reduction plan in Auckland, I think they're saying that seventy five percent of the fleet needs to be zero or low emission by twenty thirty. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you know, so that's that's a it's a lot of boats just locally. Twenty thirties, pretty soon, um, and then uh, you know if we look, we, we've got a bit of an involvement with a project up in San Francisco, which is which is rolling out electric ferries. Um, that, that we're going to start seeing it happen quite quickly now, um, and particularly, I mean, the, the Auckland project is quite important globally. It's one of the 
first large scale, high frequency kind of core commuter type services to electrify around the world in the fast ferry scene. Um, and and so we've got we've got this one here. There's another project that's kind of similar in Stockholm that's got another Kiwi company involved. Um, and and between those two projects and, and one or two other little outliers here and there, um, you know, you you've got all at the same time um, really quite a step change happening. And all eyes are on Auckland and a couple of other spots around the world about about watching how this is done. Um, yeah, watching us as we as we go through those early kind of um, no doubt teething problems that we have when these things yeah. first happen, and and uh, and uh, and seeing that roll out, and um, there's a lot of people lining up to uh, to apply the same thing in their cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So could New Zealand, Auckland sort of well, New Zealand becomes sort of that sort of centre of excellence, like like the yachting with the America's Cup and everything. Yeah, and it's interesting, but it's that's. It's exactly what's happening, and it's it's you know when we first started on this journey, it came about because we were looking. I was in a, I was running a boatyard at the time and looking at what was the next opportunity for New Zealand to have a place in the world um, in in marine. We we had a big one in yachting, <clears throat> had a big one in super yachts. Uh, those things were kind of fading away a little bit. Um, no disrespect at all to Team New Zealand, who of course are still leading the world in in their own field, and there's a few other leaders as well. But in terms of the of the scale of the market, New Zealand really dropped away there. And this totally is a massive opportunity. It, it plays so well to the strengths of the New Zealand marine industry, the the innovation, the performance expertise, the the kind of the the insistence on finding a better way to do things rather than just. Um, carrying on doing things the same way very much a kind of a future focus we're never never looking to just make money out of the current project we're always looking to to say well no how, how do we how do we focus on the next project how do we how do we push push that um that edge further out and um and so you know, I, I really think that this is a, a big opportunity for new zealand and there's a number of other players in new zealand who are really getting active in this as well and and not not necessarily in exactly the same area um yeah, there's people who are looking at um, foiling boats, typically smaller ones. There's people looking at um, electric outboard motors, um, uh, also electric electric jet dinghies, all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, there's there's definitely a, a quite a growing movement within New Zealand on, uh, you know, that sort of sustainable, um, clean energy marine industry. Yeah. yeah. So another thought. question I had was sort of just the hybrids. How do they fit in? Is there a well? Is there Hybrids have a place, um, not necessarily the same place that everybody thinks they do. A hybrid um, can uh, effectively, if you can make it zero emission, you should. The problem with a hybrid is you you put a whole lot more um, a whole lot more more weight and so your hybrid will always use more energy than a pure electric boat because it's actually going to be heavier yeah. um and so you, you you you've got to be careful to start with to make sure that you're building a hybrid which is actually lower emission than a good modern diesel boat um because it won't necessarily always be um there are a couple of hybrids happening for auckland and and they they potentially make some sense they're um they're going to be able to run as a full electric boat on a plug-in plug-in hybrid basis um, between Auckland and Devonport, which is a very highly, um, heavily used service, but very, 
slow and and uh, low uh, sorry low speed short distance, so it doesn't use much energy. Um, so that will be able to be electrified, and that's kind of nice. And the hybrid gives them the ability to go off and do other things with that boat uh, at other times if they need to. Um, but on most of what we're focused on, the hybrid doesn't really make any sense, doesn't really help, um, and it's not really low emission. So um, uh, I think that we um, we have a bit of a perception. There's a lot of people who like to who, who like to. We've seen this around the world. There's, there's people building. Um, Self-charging hybrids, for example, um, so whether they don't plug into the dock at all, and and in general they're going to actually produce more greenhouse gas emissions than the diesel boats that they replace. So so we're we're very opposed to those. Um, and um, uh, plug-in hybrids don't have to be that bad, but um, they're very complex. Um, there's there's a lot of systems. You've got all of that electrical stuff, and you've got all of the diesel stuff. Um, so um, yeah, it it needs a really good analysis of what their real emissions are to make sure that they're the right thing. There, there are definitely places where they would fit, um, particularly in the short term. Um, I think we're going to find that hydrogen replaces them quite quickly. Um, oh, okay. in, in, the th- in the places where you can't run full electric, you'll find yourself running uh, hydrogen instead. Um, because I think that we'll find that the emissions from hybrid boats are still unjustifiably high. Um, and so... Um, yeah, it's it's any sets there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. Hybrids is complicated. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to key points you wanted to cover? At? Oh, look, I think um, I guess one of our messages really is is you know to for for Kiwis to really believe in the New Zealand industry and and our ability to um to make a mark in the world. Um, it, it's uh, it's a really exciting place to be. I've been in the marine industry now for uh, yeah, I guess going on three decades and um uh this feels like an opportunity to really deploy all of that knowledge and experience um into something that's really meaningful and um uh new zealand really is leading the way not only in the technology side but with partners like Auckland transport and rolling out the infrastructure and and of course the the bravery of, of the government to get in and and support this kind of stuff at an early stage and catalyze things happening um has really put New Zealand and Auckland in particular on the world stage on this. And um, so that, I think that's something to really celebrate. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't really tell you about all the stuff that's happening overseas and all the attention we're really getting from it, but I can tell you there's some, there's a lot of attention. Um, and um, so I think that there's a really bright future for it and it, it should give some young people something really exciting to um, to get interested again in joining the marine industry and their careers. Uh, and... Um, yeah, I, I think it's um, I think it's really important. I think there's there's one other piece possibly which is um, particularly relevant in Auckland, where ferries are a fairly large part of our public transport system. Um, it's really to to encourage people to um, to take public transport when they can. Um, you know, public transport is there. We all spend a lot of money. A lot of our ratepayers and taxpayers' money goes into public transport. Um, I used to drive to work all the time. And um, when we moved our office into the city, I started catching the bus and the ferry to work. And um, gosh, I hate driving when I have to now. Um, public transport is just so much better. So um, I encourage everyone to give it a go because it's... Um, well, it Auckland, really and driving, Auckland and driving don't really go together, so... No, that's right. Well, nobody <laughs> likes getting stuck in the southern car park, so I um, know. But uh, no, look, it's it's 
I mean, in my commute, I catch the bus to get to the ferry and then, and I sit on the ferry for about 40 minutes each way to and from work. I sit there with a table, with a laptop out. Um, that's fully productive time. It's very hard to do that when you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually even quite hard to do that when you're on the bus or the train. Um, yeah. So um, ferries really do represent a great um, mode of public transport. Um, you make friends, you get some work done, uh, enjoy the view. Uh, and uh, and you get cars off the roads. So, okay, maybe just a final thing for the for the uh, commuters to look forward to. What's the what are they, what are they going to experience when they they first walk on the boat? Well, I mean, it's um, these boats are going to be quite different in this in a certain way. I mean, we, these are that we've we've really uh, if you like pushed the boat out from an interior design perspective. We've really made the the boats um, focused on making them a really pleasant and enjoyable place to be, rather than just a just a bus on water um and uh lots of lots of light lots of windows lots of glass um uh fully enclosed on the main deck which is unusual so that means that the bicycles will be stored inside not outside on the back deck so you can bring a decent bike along and put it in the proper rack and not have to have it sort of come off all wet and salty at the end of the trip um much more um accessible for people with wheelchairs and push chairs and so on so um uh, we're Work really hard to make sure that the best seats on the boat uh, go to those who uh, have the the greatest um, sort of, um, mobility issues and so on. So that's uh, rather than um, rather than just kind of making those mobility seats an afterthought, we've made, really made made them the sort of central to the design. Um, and um, yeah, because uh, we're going to gradually be releasing a few images over the next few months of of the interiors so um so yeah watch the space but um yeah other than that lovely and quiet no diesel smoke diesel fumes yeah. much more reliable yeah yeah all the things yeah. you need really yeah yeah oh that's great that's that's great thanks michael that's cool cut everything off i look nice. forward to having a having a ride yeah cool all right hey well nice to talk to you adrian